Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, September the 21st, 2022. It is currently 10.55 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, the search continues. We have been searching now for a very long time, and we're not finding anything. No, the the search has proven to be fruitless. I I think we're going to call off the search. We're just going to, everyone's going to go back home. It's going to be sad. It's going to be devastating, but there's nothing more we can do. Okay, no, we, we have a little bit more searching to do, but I can just tell you that this search is going to end with everyone saying, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Meaningless, 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 all is meaningless, because that is exactly what I feel at this point. If you've been listening to this series for any length of time, you probably are feeling the same thing. Uh, We are calling this series Steps to Unite the Church, and we're searching, we're looking to try to find steps that can be taken to unite the church, to bring unity to the body of Christ. Because I don't know if you realize this, Christianity is divided. There is division. There is schism. There is discord. There is a lack of agreement on pretty much anything. And we've been talking about that through this entire series. Now, what we're using is we're using an article called Seven Steps to Help Unite the Church in America. Seven Steps to Help Unite the Church in America. And I could have went through all seven in one broadcast, but I purposely chose not to do that. I chose not to do that because I wanted each episode to just be one of their supposed steps so that you could think about it and you could see, is that even actually practical? Does that even work? And while you're getting frustrated with these seven steps presented in this article, I wanted you to send me your your suggestions. Three things do you think we could do to bring unity to the church? And I've been asking about a lot of, send me three things about this and three things about this. And I think I've gotten, I've gotten at least suggestions on almost everything really except for this one. I think this one has been the the one least responded to. Three steps that would bring unity to the church. Three things Christians could do. Three things the church could do to bring unity. And I think for the most part, uh, people are, I, I, I think it really reflects that people don't really know, that people don't really have an idea. They, they, they understand just how divided we are, and they're like, I don't know, I've given up on unity in the body of Christ a long time ago. I think if you've been saved for any length of time, you've kind of reached the point of like, you know what, it, 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 nothing is going to fix it. We argue, we fight, we argue, we fight, we disagree, we argue, we fight, and disagree. And, and, and any apparent uh, unity, even within a local congregation, that appearance of unity to me is such a figment of everyone's imagine, imagination. It's just, it's, 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 it's not real um, because it's an illusion because um, we, we are only unified until we disagree. And then when we disagree, we argue, and then people just go and go find another church because that's what everyone does. So it, it's, it, oh, The whole subject drives me crazy, but I'm trying. I'm trying because I'm like, okay, 
someone wrote an article. It got posted on a Christian website. If they've got the solution to unity in the church, I want to hear it because I truly want to see it. So here's what we've gotten so far. Here are the ones we've looked at. Seven steps to help unite the church in America. Number one, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. So the first step to supposedly bringing unity is that we all need to recognize that unity is important to the Lord. That is what he wants. Now, they made a, they, they just kind of made a reference to John 17. They didn't really explain exactly how this works, because if Jesus is praying for unity, why hasn't his prayer been answered? And if you claim that it has been answered, then you have to try to find some what I call. I, I don't know. I don't know why. anything I call it's going to bother someone, but to me, it's almost a fake unity. Well, because we're all Christians, we're all united into the body of Christ, this invisible body. We never meet, we never see each other, and we don't agree who's actually in it. But hey, there's that unity that we supposedly have. I I don't know how that satisfies anyone, but okay. All right, so, so the first one was recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Number two, learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. We have to learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. Again, I I don't really know what that means because do I sit back and go, look, isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful that we have all these denominations that completely disagree with others? Isn't it wonderful that that church over there is telling people sprinkle a baby and it becomes saved? Isn't it wonderful that this one says that you baptize babies so that they can become a member of the visible church and, and have the, the sign of the covenant place on them? And then this one is saying, no, all infant baptism is invalid and not accepted, and, and it's only believer's baptism. Isn't it wonderful that we have such massive disagreement? Isn't it wonderful that some people say that anyone can take the Lord's Supper? No, only people who go to churches that are of like-minded. No. Oh, closed communion only for members of the one local church. Isn't it amazing that we that it, that we have so many different views about salvation and about human depravity? Isn't it one? No, I don't know how I'm supposed to appreciate that diversity because it's not just diversity of opinion; it's diversity of dogmatic truth claims, which would state that if that church is right, I'm wrong, and if I'm right, they are wrong. In fact, in some cases, if I'm right, they're teaching false doctrine. And if they're right, I'm teaching false doctrine. How can I appreciate that kind of diversity when it's not diversity? It's the division about dogmatic truth claims. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. They told, they, 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 the only thing they could point to for that one is Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. But that doesn't really in any way explain the the division with uh, among lines of dogmatic truth claims. I don't even bother to deal with it. So number one was recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Number two, learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. Number three, find some common ground in Jesus. I don't even know what that means. I don't even have scripture here. I, I guess we're supposed to go, what, you believe in Jesus and I believe in Jesus, but okay. <laughs> and, and we disagree on everything else, but okay. I, I don't know exactly. They have no scripture for this one because, well, you know, <laughs> if they provided scripture, what's kind of funny is they've done very little actual dealing with scripture because if they dealt with scripture, it would only lead to division because Christians can't agree on how to interpret any scripture. So, all right, but I digress. All right. So number one, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Number two, learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. Number three, 
find some common ground in Jesus. Number four, make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. Now, I think this one will not actually bring unity. I think it will bring more disunity. The more I understand the perspective of other doctrinal systems, rarely does it bring unity. It just convinces me of how much we do disagree. The more we understand the other perspectives, the more we realize that, no, we're not just divided like by a few feet. We're divided by thousands of miles. We're not just divided by, you know, you live on one side of the street and I live on the other side of the street. No, you live in a different universe. The more I understand about the different theological systems and the different theological ideas, the more it doesn't bring unity. So so this is just interesting. Make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. And again, once again, no scripture is offered here. No scripture, no scripture. So again, we're, we're all the way down to number four. Two of these have literally no scripture. Two of these just make a passing reference to a scripture without any bother to explain it or even try to interpret it, meaning that none of these are really based off scripture. This is just someone's opinion of what will supposedly bring unity to the church. But again, making an effort to understand your brother's or sister's perspective. I do agree we should understand each other's perspective. We should have an accurate understanding and fairly represent the perspective and the doctrinal beliefs of other people. I I 100% believe that. I just don't think it will bring unity. I think it will bring more disunity because the more I understand, the more the more clarity it is is present about the actual issues we are struggling with. Number five, refuse to caricature those you differ with. Now, I agree. We should not caricature. We should accurately represent. I, I completely agree with that. But I, once again, um, if I if I refuse to caricature and I try to be as accurate as I can about other people's position, the more accurate I am, in my opinion, the more divided we will be because the clearer we were, we will see. The more clarity, the more light that comes to these situations, the more the divisions become clearly understood. But no, we should not create a caricature, and I can't stand when Christians do that. All right now, that brings us to number six. Here's number six. And again, uh, oh, and number um, number five, refuse to caricature those you differ with. Guess what? No scripture for that as well. So most of these have literally no scripture. These are supposedly steps to bring unity to Christ. And clearly, it seems that the way to bring steps to the unity of Christ is apart from scriptural <laughs> principles. Because you would think an article written on a Christian website about how to bring unity to Christ, to the body of Christ would be filled with biblical principles, but there's literally none. Right, so here we go. Here's number six. Do not write off other believers. The way to supposedly bring unity to the church is you're not to write off other believers. Now, exactly what do they mean by that? Well, let's read and see. And the words of one of my esteemed colleagues. We must not amputate the parts of the body we do not like. We are quick to cancel those who challenge our positions, to dismiss them as if they were trash to be thrown out. 
to reject them as if they were no value. This is the opposite of the biblical admonition to love another as Jesus loved us. It says, read through 1 John a few times to emphasize here. So they, I guess they do make a reference to scripture here. They don't actually look at one. Scornful, demissive, dismissive, de- uh, degenerating attitudes do not please the Lord. Uh, uh, denigrating, I should say, not degenerating, denigrating attitudes do not please the Lord. So let's go, th- so let's go through these again. Um, scornful, dismissive, denigrating attitudes do not please the Lord. Well, I agree. Scornful, dismissive, denig- denigrating attitudes do not please the Lord. I agree with all of that. I agree with that. We should not treat people as trash. We should not. That, that, look, that is 100% accurate. But guess what? Not being scornful, not being demissive, not being um, denigrating doesn't somehow produce unity. It doesn't because guess what? You can be as loving, you can be as compassionate as you want to be and as you should be. But here's still the reality of biblical Christianity. This is the reality, or, or I should say the reality of Christianity in America Biblical Christianity, I believe, is something separate than what we see in most cases. But what we see in Christianity is constant disagreement on truth claims. So guess what? You can be as loving as you want to be. But when someone's over there telling people that healing is guaranteed in the atonement for here and now, okay, I may not, I may not try to hate the person who's saying that, but you know what? I am going to be scornful and denigrating to that teaching because that teaching is evil and harmful and damages people's lives. All right. So I'm not, I, I definitely agree that towards the person, we should not be scornful towards the person. We should not be d- dismissive towards the person. We should not be uh, denigrating. We shouldn't do those things towards the person but we have to stand again. I mean, look, whether we say anything or not, we clearly are divided amongst these uh, because of the theological issues. The, what, what this article attempts to do is it offers a lot of meaningless platitudes. Hey, don't be dismissive. Love one another. Okay, well, that's great. That's wonderful. How does that bring unity again? Because you believe this, and I believe this. If you, what you're saying is true, I'm wrong. What I'm saying is true, you're wrong. It can't be both. They're completely contradictory belief systems, completely contradictory theological ideas. There is a, we, we are, when you look at the differences between, say, a, Pel- a Pelagian or a semi-Pelagian versus someone who's more Augustinian or holds to a reform view, that is night and day difference. I mean, that's not just a small opinion that is completely a different opinion upon the nature of man. The charismatic world versus the non-charismatic world, completely different view on how God reveals himself, what is currently happening, completely different when it comes to salvation. Is it a monergistic or synergistic? Completely different I mean, that's not just like, oh, well, no big deal. Now, you may want to still try to show love and compassion to other people. Here's what I would say. This doesn't bring unity because the same principles apply. How are we to love our enemy? How how are we to treat our enemy? We're to love our enemy. We're to turn the other cheek. We're to resist not evil. We're to do good to them who would persecute you and use us. 
Well, then guess what? I do the same thing within Christianity. Does that bring unity with people in the world who I'm supposed to be loving my enemy? It doesn't bring unity with my enemy. We're still divided. I'm just supposed to treat my enemy with love. Well, guess what? Within Christianity, we're still divided. We just are to conduct ourselves in a biblical way and dealing with those we are divided with. That I completely agree. So much of this is not how to bring unity. So much of this is how to conduct yourself in the midst of disunity. In the midst of disunity, guess what? I am not to treat those I disagree with as trash. I am not to simply be scornful, dismissive, and denigrating towards towards them. I completely agree with all of that. So though on one hand, there's truth to these principles, but they have nothing to do with bringing unity. They're like, hey, you're a Christian, right? Okay, right. Well, guess what you're going to find out really quick? That all these other Christians you meet, they're going to disagree with your biblical interpretation. They're going to have a different theology, a different doctrine, different everything. And they're going to be claiming that what they say is true, which would mean what, you're, what you believe is false. You're going to find yourself in this disagreement all the time. So what should you do when you're doing this? Well, guess what? You try to under, you make sure you understand their perspective as clear as you can and you don't misrepresent it. You don't, you don't caricature them. You don't do that. And guess what? You, you're not scornful, dismissive, denigrating towards them. All of that is great. It still doesn't bring unity. That's now, now, if you take some of these principles and bring them into the context of one local church, one local church, forget the Christianity at large, just each individual congregation. Now, if each individual congregation, because there should already be some unity, right? Each individual congregation should be at least agreed in certain aspects of, of a doctrinal statement or a statement of faith to some level. Okay, well, if you already kind of start there, right? If you're all in a Baptist church, I'm assuming you all believe a believer's baptism by immersion, right? You you already have some kind of an agreement. Obviously, the church is utilizing some kind of hermeneutical system, some kind of hermeneutical concept. So most of you should be in somewhat an agreement with that. So there should be some agreement within a local church. Now, if you take that to a, if you take all of these principles to one local church, then guess what? Hey, guys, unity amongst us is important to God. All right. So we need to care about being unified with one another in this church, in one local church. We have to learn to appreciate that diversity, not diversity in theologies, but the diversities in different personalities, different opinions, what some people think is more important than others, certain quirks and personalities. We have to learn to appreciate that kind of diversity. Number three, find common ground in Jesus. That, hey, we're all Christians and we're all united in this church. We need to find common ground. What's the common ground? It should be the love for God's word, a love for the preaching of God's word. It shouldn't be like try to find common ground with people who completely believe a different doctrine. Within each local congregation, these principles may be beneficial. Make an effort to understand your brother's or sister's perspective. You need to seek to understand it. Talk to them. Here, you know, the best way to understand their perspective is, I don't know, actually do take the time to do meaningful study and then talk to them about your meaningful study. That, that would be helpful. Next, don't refuse to caricature. Don't, don't make a caricature of what they believe. Actually seek to understand it and don't misrepresent it. 
do not write off other believers. In other words, when it comes to people in your local congregation, don't be scornful. Don't be dismissive. Don't be denigrating. Now, we, we all can take those principles and apply it to one local congregation, and these would be very important. Hey, how to conduct yourself inside your church. But this is supposed to be fixing the disunity in the body of Christ. And none of these, because in the body of Christ, it's not just like, hey, we're all, we're all in agreement with, we don't, we're not in agreement on anything. Definitely not agreement on salvation. Definitely not agreement on baptism. Definitely not agreement on the Lord's Supper. Definitely, definitely not agreement on how to uh, interpret the Bible. Definitely not agreement on so many different things. I mean, we go all day. I, could, I mean, I've repeated them now hundreds of times in this series. So, so far they've given us six things, and these six things will bring literally no unity to the body of Christ. But I do think that these principles could be modified and brought into the context of one local church. And I think in some ways, when we talk about unity in the body of Christ, all we can really focus on is the unity within one local assembly. I think that's all we can do. I think that's, that's, that's all we can even hope for. And most local assemblies have an appearance of unity, again, until someone disagrees, and then they just pack up and go to another church, just pack up and go to another, just pack up and go to another. So at some point, even the appearance of unity within a local body is really just all fake and not even real because, I mean, don't even get me started on, on how that constantly happens. But so I, I don't know. I mean, here we are. Part, what is this part seven now of this series? And we still don't have a good answer. Now, I'm kind of, and this one I kind of transitioned a little bit to kind of point you to possible answer because I, I, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I think when it comes to unity, all we can focus on is the unity within one local church. I think that's all we can focus on. Any unity that any principles of unity we try to apply outside of that. It's just frivolous. It's just meaningless. One, you can't even get everyone to agree. Even if you came up with seven steps, you couldn't get the body of Christ at large to agree on your seven steps. Or they wouldn't even agree on the implication or how to, the implementation of your, your seven steps and what it actually looks like. And not only that, your steps are so vague, I don't even know what that is supposed to look like in any meaningful way. Christianity is divided. There's disunity. There is division. There's schism. There's discord. And that's been the way it's been. And that's not going to go away. And everyone constantly looks and goes, it shouldn't be this way because unity is important to Jesus. Well, then someone explain to me why we're in this mess. So I'll just repeat the ones we've covered so far. Recognize that unity is very important to the Lord, okay? They, they don't bother to really try to answer all the hard questions that would come from that. Number two, find some common ground in Jesus. They don't really explain what that even supposed to mean or look like. Uh, I'm sorry, number one, uh, recognize that unity is very important to the Lord. Number two, learn to appreciate the diversity of the body. They don't anywhere come close to explaining that it's... Are, are you talking diversity of personality and people? Are you talking the diversity of theological truth claims 
that are completely, well, different than anybody else's. Like that, that, that does not work. Number three, find some common ground in Jesus. I don't really explain what that looks like. Number four, make an effort to understand your brother or sister's perspective. They ignore the fact that the more clarity you get, the more divided we, you understand we are. Refuse to caricature those who differ. We should not caricature, but the more we get rid of the caricatures and we have an accurate representation, the more we see how divided we are. And number six, do not write off other believers. Well, we should not treat people like they're trash. We shouldn't be scornful, dismissive, denigrating in our attitudes. I agree with all of that. The only problem is it doesn't, doesn't fix the problem. Doesn't even come close. So that means there's only one left. Now, I could, I'll go ahead and finish it right now, but I have made a promise that these would be short episodes and we would look at one of their suggestions. After we're done with number seven, then I'll do a couple of broadcasts where I, I may do just one, where I offer maybe three ideas. Now, my ideas are utterly <laughs> insane, and they would never work, but I think they're at least more tangible. Like, like I'm going to try to offer something tangible, not something that's just platitudes and empty words. I'm going to try to say, here are things we could do. And, I, and, and, and the only thing you would really need is to get people to agree upon it. And I don't think it would really be that controversial. I really don't. I mean, I, I'm really going back to an ancient church practice that I think would bring about church unity. But you'll have to wait until we get to that episode. The next one will finish their suggestion. Then the next episode, we will talk about it. I, 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 at the end of these episodes, I always feel a little bit just frustrated and aggravated and, and and I almost feel like meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. But in a roundabout way, I want you, the listener, to feel the same thing because I want you to go, well, none of that's really helpful. And that's the whole point. I want you to see that even when a Christian website decides, hey, we're going to come up with steps to how to bring unity to the body of Christ. By the time I'm done with this, they've offered almost basically no actual exegesis or interpretation of a scripture. Some of their points don't even have scriptures. And anyone looking at this will see the platitude aspect without any actual practical reality. I want you to feel that because it demonstrates maybe the problem of disunity and division in the body of Christ is so bad that we can't even come up with a meaningful answer to it. All right, you can email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for listening, and uh, I don't know how the rest of the day is going to go. I really don't, but um, I, I promise you this. There'll be more to come at some point, all right? Just uh, keep listening, and we'll keep trying to figure this out, and we will finish this series at some point, and hopefully when it's all said and done, There'll be something tangible and beneficial, and you won't feel like you wasted your time. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.